0: Welcome to the Bird & Life Podcast, episode number 46. Can you believe we are only four episodes away from episode number 50? My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where you discover birds and the people that pursue them. This is part two of an episode that we recorded a few weeks ago. We recorded the show at the stunning 305 Guest Stars in Amazon and Toti. Be sure to check out their February promotion and take advantage of their massive 30% discount in all accommodation bookings. To book, visit www.305guesthouse.co.za. We'll put all the links into the comment section of this podcast. As always, The Bird Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. In today's episode, I'll be having a chat with my good friend Sia Timbisa Blessing Majorka about the controversial name changes to some species in South Africa. We delve into this important topic, taking a look at it from many different angles. The goal of today's episode is not to stir up controversy, but hopefully to give a fresh perspective into this all-important conversation. Be sure to check out our website, our YouTube channel, as well as our various social media pages. Last week's guest on the Youth Birding Podcast was Joshua Oswensky, who tells us all about his recent epic birding trip. Joshua is one of the country's leading young birders, let me say rather, one of the country's leading birders, and I encourage you to listen to the episode. So let's hear from today's guest, Blessing. Okay, so for the second part of this podcast, we're just gonna have a chat to with Blessing, and want to welcome you to the show, Blessing. I know this has been the second time you've been on the Birding Life podcast, so want to welcome you to the show. And finally, got your cap. I know for the podcast listeners, you can't see it, but welcome to officially to the Birding Life, and we'll explain why I'm, why I'm helping you in a moment now. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show once again. Thank you.
0: In February, we are going to be re- launching another podcast which is going to be a Zulu birding podcast. I'm really excited about that. And Blessing is actually going to be the host of that podcast. So how cool is that?
1: Well, I'm very excited about it, honestly. It's, it's honestly going to be a very good time, you know, to, to try and create awareness, you know, in our vernacular language, uh, which I think we'll be able to reach, um, you know, those uh, African um uh, majority that the, 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 that are out there, you know, because honestly, we definitely need uh, to create this awareness amongst the majority of this country because our main purpose is bird conservation. So if you've got bigger number, that will have a much more positive impact in, in, in the whole program.
0: And yeah, I think one of our hopes we have with them is, is to hopefully get onto a radio station or one of the local radio stations or something, because I think you know, this is what we're about. We want to to grow the message of birding and, and to allow a greater part of our population to actually get to have a love for birds.
1: Yes, um, you know, it, it's very important, you know, because at the moment I see it, there are very few people uh, who are, I would call black people, who are birders. So the more we get the message out there, surely they will be able to attract more people and by attracting those people, we are making an impact.
0: But let's ask the question, why? Why are there, why are there, so, are there so few black birders? Yes, there are lots of black bird guards out there. But I can, honestly, in terms of um, black birders, I know two. I'm not talking about the guards. I'm talking about people that are just birders, not professional birders. Why do you feel there are so few black birders in South Africa at the moment?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's one of those difficult things. Um, one, I always say, birding is not cheap. Uh, you've got to travel. <laughs> you've got to have an equipment, uh, which is not cheap. Traveling is not cheap. And also, uh, I look at it that way. Um, you have a person who has to choose between doing birding or feeding the family. You know, so it, it, it's one of those things. You know, I think that's that that has the negative impact.
2: Can I can I ask a question? Let's say we were able to to find a mechanism to to get binoculars, maybe a field guide, or two. You know, most people have got a cell phone, or whether or not that's a smartphone or not is irrelevant. Is w- what do you think the perception is of of someone going birdwatching in a, in an African community? Because, you know, we generally i mean it's getting better and better now but i think there's a we we've got to really work hard to make birding mainstream and make it like for lack of a better word cool so so what so, so what is the perception of someone that goes out bird watching in an african community
1: you know the the, the thing is uh, the reality is uh, they've never had an exposure you know um, i got into birding but i started with plants then that introduced me to birding. So exposure, one, is very important. Surely people will be interested if one way or the other they will get some assistance. If maybe I think if we will try and target, you know, schools. Because, I mean, I, I, I bird in these areas, in rural areas. And, you know, it's one thing for a person to look at a bird as a bird. Once you take a photograph and show it to him and you see how beautiful this bird is, and you can see the interest that is coming out, you know, you know, you can look at this guy from the eyes that, you know, he's like, oh, wow, this is this is beautiful. So if we can or oh, they can get support somehow, I'm sure there will be a lot of people who will be attracted in, you know, joining in and enjoying birding as, as, as like as you were saying to find it very cool.
0: If I understand what you're saying, and we've had long discussions about this, it's not necessarily a white-black thing. It's more a social-economic thing. Am I would I would I I be correct in what I'm saying?
1: You're quite correct. You're quite correct.
0: The problem with that is let's 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 think about this. How is birding being marketed nowadays? It is being marketed as a place you have got to go to fancy destinations, but it's almost become this this thing about your how many birds you've seen on your list, Um, and you know. The first thing is like, you know, within if you have a chat to someone, it's not like it's you know, you know you don't often talk about experience. It's like we wanna it's like birders wanna get to the question, hey, what's your life list on? And and now we've also now we've also I remember in the past, if you go back, I don't know how many years back, a bird watcher, you would have seen them as someone who had binoculars. Nowadays, you almost it's almost like, oh, you can't be a bird unless you have a camera. Sure, sure. And you can't be a bird unless you're traveling to these places. I mean, why is is there is are we is the way that birding is being marketed and the way that birding is being fed to fed out there? Do you not think that that also is a bit of a hindrance? Because we almost are marketing for a social economic bracket that that does not cater for most of this country. Let's let's just be real. Yes, I I,
1: I think as I was saying, you know, the exposure uh, people haven't had the exposure because, um, example, how many Zulu books that you can find that are written in Isi Zulu. Most of the so-called Zulu books are written in English. You know, so, you know, one way or the other, we need to have strategies that will focus on the black communities so that they feel that they are part of the system. Thereby, we know in our minds that that will contribute in bird conservation because once people get knowledge then they will start an understanding you know on how and why is it important to um, uh, conserve uh, birds
2: yeah I mean I, I think you hit the nail on the head there because for someone to feel comfortable about learning something naturally you would want to learn about it in your own language it'll just make it a lot more accessible to you won't it but but, but just getting to to Adam's point about how how is birding being marketed and and perceived you 100 percent right it's it's it's, Do you have an Instagram account? What what lens do you have for your camera? You know what binoculars do you have around about around your neck? Um, is it a known brand? You know do do you wear nice clothes and nice shoes and whatever cases? So yes, it, it you know if if you were actually to to look at it from the outside um, objectively, it is a bit of a an elitist looking pastime, and um, and and maybe that's maybe that's an issue. But but you know another factor and 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 to be quite quite honest about it is that you know places there where we would traditionally go birding in our in our local areas going walking around aren't, aren't safe anymore to go so so, so so the necessity to travel more and more to to fenced off reserves and places where you can just drive around and and if you're lucky around if you're lucky enough to be able to walk around there that will be great obviously these places demand entrance fees so not only is there transport cost there's an access cost Um, you know you're out for the whole day it's a long day out you're often far away from home so so i think just as as time goes on burning sort of goes more and more away from the average person on the street unless they are they're they're fortunate to live in an area where they can just walk out their door and go for a walk and not feel like they're going to be threatened or mugged
1: yeah yeah no that's that's very true i also i think you know that, that is why it's important that in, in in these areas, we need to get people, or to find people who will be interested. That will help a lot, because at least if you're walking the area, you will know that you're safe because you've got a local person, you know. But it's again, it's a matter of how do you expose them to birding? Uh, how do we do that? You know, because once we do it, we will be solving the problem of people feeling you know unsafe if they walk through these areas. And I can, I can partly say, you know, in these areas, you know you, you, there's a lot that you get there. Uh, it, it's just a matter of let's get the local people, you know, to be involved. And then that will solve the problem, you know, of, of safety.
2: One thing I just want to say is that I'm really, really excited about this initiative. Uh, I, I, know, I know you've been speaking to Adam about it for a long time. And we're talking about big problems here about how do we get... The masses and and the you know the majority of this country into birding i think that this is just one step forward and that's what it takes it, it takes one step forward and if we can if we can bring one or two more people into the hobby that we love so much through your podcast and and being in their language i just think that you know we, we're going to leave a legacy here well you're going to leave a legacy and it's, it's just how it starts and and who knows where it's going to go from i mean i'm sure adam Adam didn't have any idea about how, how fast and how well this was going to grow in such a short space of time. And there's no reason why your podcast, being led by yourself, shouldn't do the same.
1: Yeah, no, well, what I'm going to say, you know, is honestly, I have, I will promise the um, uh, watchers, you know, that definitely um, they must watch the space. There's a lot that's going to come in, uh, which is very interesting.
0: What I've realized is, is that a lot of our... African community still still use radio. I mean, I know like within the white community, radio is not as as big a thing. But I mean, oftentimes you see people in their work they have the earphones and listen to one of the the local radio stations. So it is. I think radio is still a very big part of the black community. Would I would I be correct in what I'm saying? Very correct.
1: And uh, you will notice that you know lately there's been uh, a lot of community registrations that have come up, and. Uh, I follow some of them and you can see that the listenership, you know, for them is growing month by month, which shows that people are really interested in radios.
3: 305 Guest House is a luxurious, comfortable, four-star graded guest house in Amanzamtoti. They are well known for their beautiful panoramic view of the majestic Indian Ocean. Their famous 305 deck extends over all three of their properties offering an unsurpassed view. Being a contemporary luxury guest house, they pride themselves on their service levels and friendly customer care. They offer a variety of room options, each individually decorated to suit your needs, personality, and group size. Their top-notch facilities are what sets them apart from the rest. Their beauty salon, Beauty at 305, is a skincare and body treatment clinic that offers a range of beauty treatments, including Swedish massages, skin treatments, mani pedis, and the newest addition is ozone therapy. All treatments are administered by internationally qualified therapists. Next, they boast two hair salons specialising in ethnic and caucasian hair. It has never been this easy to pamper yourself and look good at the same time. Their in-house gym is free to use for their guests and they have a personal trainer option for the extra active folks. Their restaurant offers breakfasts and light lunches, freshly baked cakes, and delicious coffee. Their slogan reads, arrive as a guest, leave as family, as they consider their guests to be their family. They provide a temporary home to them and they take that job seriously. They are extremely focused on making their guests feel at home. Take advantage of their February promo and receive a massive 30% discount on all accommodation bookings. Book with them directly by visiting their website www.305guesthouse.co.ca that's www.305guesthouse.co.za
0: One of the things that I wanted to chat to you about, Blessing, was um, BirdLife South Africa was given the go-ahead to rename the Hottentot button Button quail to the Fainboss button quail, as well as the Hottentot teal to the Blue Bull teal. Now, I know this was, was quite a controversial stand, and... Let me say this, most of the unhappy people were white people and there's a local um, email server called SA Birdnet that goes out and many birders shared their dissatisfaction with the name being changed and they used terms such as verbal cleansing and political correctness and... Some people went as far as saying, surely there are more important things that we should be spending our time with in this in this in this time. And, and obviously there's a bit of merit COVID and unemployment and all these kinds of things. The question I want to start with is and ask you is this, is are bird names that important? Is, does a bird being called a Hottentot really matter in the bigger scheme of things? And why I ask you this is you are a black Zulu South African. What are your thoughts on this? Does it really matter?
1: Well, um, I must honestly say, you know, I have seen this bird a number of times. And since I started birding, you know, I've been knowing it as a hot and hot tail. And I'm, I never had a problem with it, you know, up until this discussion comes up. You know, number one, I, I think it's very important to, to look at it in, in, in a broad way. Uh, because, you know, I didn't have a problem with it, but since it has come up, I started, you know, delving or researching a little bit, you know, on how the name came about. Uh, one thing that popped up was that it is regarded as a, a, a descriptive term for inferior culture and also um, 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 cannibalism. So I, w- I would say that the Koisan people if they feel it's a derogatory term so i cannot understand why we should continue with such a, a, a name you know because at the end of the day as we were discussing before that we want birding to be inclusive so for it to be inclusive we have to try and remove all these things that maybe we would regard as obstacles or that will make people to be uh, uh, opposing you know or making people feel not interested, you know, in doing birding because of some underlying issues. So, yes, I think, you know, now I see it it was well a good thing uh, uh, for, for it to happen.
0: Uh, I did a bit of research because one of the things that people asked on this forum was, what, is the name really that offensive? And this is, and it's a crazy question because it's coming from a certain demographic of our population who actually, who aren't affected by the the terms. But the, the name Hottentot is an imposed term. In other words, it was it was given by the Dutch settlers to the Khoisan people. John Mathan had a who's an a birder and as well as a presenter on Cape Talk Radio had an interview with Zanzile Khoisan about the name change. And this is what he said. He said, We are in the 21st century. There is no need to refer to birds, people, or anything else pejorative so here's here's my thoughts and I, I and i know as a white south african birder i, I remember birding with someone and, I, and, and 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 quite a while ago i saw a hot and tot seal and i said i don't understand how this bird's still called hot and tot seal because even i knew that this was a derogatory term and, and i'm i'm not like huge politically motivated i just knew it was a wrong term and this is what my feeling is if some if if a name is offensive to someone why the heck would we want to use it? Why would we, as a birding community, want to have a name like this as a part of the ber- the birds in our the the birds that we we so love? Why would we want to have a name that's offensive to someone? That is why I say, you know,
1: um, only up until this has become a, a big discussion, then now I was like drawn into it, you know, looked at it, you know, in a very broad way to say, okay, if it's sensitive to so some part of the communities. Why should we continue using it? It might not be sensitive to me, but if it's sensitive to the next person, then I should regard that as, you know, it's not gonna make good relations, which is what we strive for uh, in this country. And uh, we want birding to be inclusive to everybody. So let's remove all these
0: obstacles and then carry on. The problem we're sitting with also, and this is where a lot of people and some well-known birders have said this also, the problem is there are fish there are mountains, the, the Hottentot um, Holland mountains. There are plants that have these names. What about these names? I mean, we we birders, why are why are these other names not changing?
1: You know, I, I I think you know if we feel that the name is not correct, we have to change the name. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be a fish, it could be a tree, it could be a bird. If the word is not suitable for the use, let's let's just get rid of it.
0: But what what okay, let's let's I'm not gonna say the word because it's the word we can't use. <laughs> but what about some of the scientific names? Like I'm not, the bushveld Pippet has a very derogatory term. If you go to the scientific name, I don't know if it obviously the the scientific term might not have been derogatory when it came out, but even that, what about that kind of thing? Would that would that be offensive for for somebody? Do we need to so now when we start going is it a rabbit hole we go down, we say, Cool, we're gonna change the hot and tart and teal. Now let's start looking at these terms that are that could come across the derogatory? Do we change the scientific names? Because again, that's not just a term that is used for birds. That's that's a widely used scientific term.
1: You know, the that, that, that thing is, you know, to go somewhere, you have to start somewhere. Maybe this is just the beginning. You'll never know. Maybe in future, we will start, you know, changing the scientific names if we find them derogatory. You know, so I, I, I'm sure one day we will get there.
0: But it's, it's also crazy because I went on to... One of the, the forums the other day, and I, as much as I say this, it's also, it's also it also is quite a a scary thing because, you know, there was someone commenting, and if they listen to the podcast, I'm not trying to dishonor you as a person, but they were saying, why are we calling European roller, European roller? I don't know if you saw the discussion. The person was quite thing saying, no, but we don't want to, we don't, wanna, we don't have birds coming to a country that are called European rollers, and... You know, we've got to be careful. Also, I think there's there's extremes. I think there's extremes on both sides. I think we can we can look at derogatory terms, and I think it's um, and I'll, I'll chat about that in a moment. But I think we have to be careful because it could open up where names that are not necessarily offensive, people say, no, we want those names changed. Also, would would I be correct in saying what is you see danger in that possibly?
1: Yes, um, but surely there would be a controllable way on how to do it. The uh, example that you have made, uh, to be European, is it derogatory? You know, that is a question that I must ask myself and you have to ask yourself. So I don't believe that you have to change all the names for the sake of changing them. But if, I mean, only if those names uh, are derogatory to another part of the community, then we should consider that as the name that would not be suitable for use.
0: But you see, at the same time, when we look at this year is we've also got to realize that the name being changed is not disconnected from everything else. We've got to realize, firstly, bird names have been changed. A lot of people have been, go to a bird club, a bird club meeting, oh, you know, you're still going to, oh, it's a Red Cop Robin chat. No, no, that's no, it's a Natal Robin. And you have stuff like your Swift Tim, which you, your Grata, which is you called your Gratichrist. And people are really against name changes, okay? That's the first thing. Then in South Africa, we've got street names being changed. I'm not talking about bad names. I'm talking about, like, you'll get West Street, which is direction getting changed and it's it's quite interesting because you go to west street and people of color are still calling it west street yeah and that's and right. and i and i think that's 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 the other challenge when we speak about changing a name there's a lot of emotion attached to it because we're not we we're sitting in a, a sensitive time politically there's name changes that people don't like and it is a very big picture to this. it's not it's not just the bird name there's a lot of emotion attached to it
1: no that's that that's very true you know maybe There's this resistance, you know, because maybe of the way it has been done before. Because sometimes it's been done uh, in a way that honestly, you look at it and think, you know, but why this name was uh, changed? I mean, there was no need. But with this one, for Koisons to be called Hottentots, it's the name that was imposed. Why was not Koisons used, which is how we know them as coisons. So it's it's a different altogether. With the, it's a different uh, ball game altogether compared to the street name or or, or or something else.
0: We started off the discussion. We spoke about the fact that there are so few black birders. We spoke about the social economic thing, and then we spoke about bird names. And and I know this is not true of the whole birding community, but you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to say this without causing offence to anybody. But, but the reality is, there's a lot of old thinking still in 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 birding if we want to see birding growing amongst a greater demographic we've got to be willing to to make these changes to make these 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 i feel these very necessary changes even if it we don't like having to call it a different name it i mean yeah I, that, that's just my thoughts what are your thoughts on that do you think it it would be a hindrance to birding becoming more inclusive in the future if we if we don't change these names
1: Yes, definitely were would uh, to some people who feel offended, you know. So if we change them, we are creating a platform that is inclusive for everybody. You know, we don't want people to come in and then they will start looking at these things and they will say, but why is this bed still called this? Let's deal with these issues once and for all. I mean, so that people, when they come in, they feel comfortable. Uh, to be part of 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 uh, birding life.
0: Now, so, what I really hope is that in closing is that through the podcast, through your podcast, through things like the Zulu Zulu Bird Book that's come up with the Zulu names, and I'm hoping that all these things are gonna create platforms and create and build bridges for a greater percentage of our population to get involved in birding. So, I'm really hoping that we're gonna see that through your show, and I think you're gonna speak into the lives many people are hopefully are going to be all going to become part of this exciting community
1: no thank you very much i also hope so too it's one thing for a person to speak another language and it's it's one thing if a person speak your own language so i hope that we will be able to reach um, the majority of the people out there and we will be able to you know create that awareness and obviously create the interest in them so that they become part of uh, the building community as well
0: We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders, and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Bird Lassa and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a lifeless while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.